and welcome to the Northridge Vineyard Evening Community Podcast. We're a church community in Sydney, Australia who are passionate about pursuing God together and seeing the world changed by His love. We hope this message challenges and inspires you. For more talks and other resources, please visit our website, www.northridge.org.au. We're going to start off nice and easy, and I'm just going to ask you a few questions too, okay. so we can get to know the man behind the beard <laughs> and behind the toddler. <laughs> um, so what's your full name? My full name is Andrew William Harvey. Oh, that's a strong... That's David's middle name too. It's a good, it's a good one. I don't think I knew that somehow. Ah, no. There you go. Anyway, we've been mates for a long time. Um, so what is your coffee order? What time of day is it? <laughs> okay, let's go... Just woken up. It's five thirty a.m. That's when normal people wake up, right? Um, yeah. In which case, yeah, okay, I, uh, so. I will probably yeah. uh, try. I'll close all of the doors between the bedroom and <laughs> the coffee area, and I will make myself a pour over. A pour over, very good. Yes. So just black. Um, do you want to know my recipe? Ten, no, not quite. I do, but I'm not sure everyone else does. Um, <laughs> so ten thirty in the morning, you walk into the cafe. That'll be a double shot flat white. Cool. And then two o'clock in the afternoon. At a cafe or at home? At, at, ca- at a cafe, it's a long black. Yeah. It's okay. very Italian. No, no milky coffees after lunch. Yeah, cool. All right. You didn't realize there was such a, like, a, a thing to this, did you? Anyway, <laughs> very good. Um, now, who lives in your house? Who lives in my house? I have uh, myself. I have my w- lovely wife, Katie. And we have Ted or Theodore. And we have Arthur or Artie. Very good. Um, Awesome. All probably of who are, shouting at me at the moment. All of whom are wonderful. Hello, Harvey household. Thank you so if much there. Uh, for lending us half of your number for this evening. It's very good to, uh, to see you this hi? way. No. Say hi, Mum. No. Okay, good. fair enough. Now, um, you might be wondering why we're kind of conversing in this way. Or Sorry, I'm addressing this to everyone now. So let me turn to everyone. Um, so we thought we're starting a new series tonight. And we're going to be looking for the next, I think, 10 weeks um, through an incredible passage of Scripture from uh, Matthew chapter 5 through to chapter 7 called the Sermon on the Mount. Now, this is Jesus' longest sermon. Uh, It's probably his most famous and some of the most famous passages of Scripture um, that many of us might have heard come from the Sermon on the Mount. Um, And it's it's incredible teaching. uh, But one of the things that really gripped my heart as I was reading through this passage uh, right at the beginning of this year is that when we encounter Christ, when we meet the risen Jesus, it's, we're not supposed to just um, ascribe to a set of beliefs. It's not just about having a set of doctrines, but it's actually supposed to change the way that we live. You know, we are supposed to be radically different after we've encountered Jesus. And for me, this sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, this passage of Scripture is one of the most profound explanations of how our lives are supposed to be different as a result of knowing Jesus. So we're going to go through this, uh, we're going to go through almost all of this uh, over the next 10 weeks, but we're kicking off with the very famous introduction to the Sermon on the Mount, which is uh, often called the Beatitudes. Now, Andrew is here with us uh, this evening because uh, we're looking at the topic of blessing, which the reason for that will become obvious quite shortly, Um, but I know that uh, blessing is a bit of a hobby horse for Andrew, and so I called him about two weeks ago and said, How'd you like to do a talk on blessing? And he said, uh, no thanks, but we could do a discussion on blessing. And we thought, why not? Let's give it a go. Uh, So we're going to start off by reading this passage. So Andrew, if you have that handy. That's me, isn't it? 
Let me check which version I've got so I don't confuse everything. That would be good. Which version would we prefer? <laughs> we could take a vote. Could we do like a vote in the live chat of which, um, which but no, we won't do that. So, but, so the other great thing about this discussion format, um, as opposed to pre-recorded video, is if you're in the live chat, you can kind of contribute to it. So we, we actually really do want to encourage you to, um, to pipe up if Andrew says something really controversial. Um, or if I, if I fall asleep, you can just hand it. No, hopefully that won't happen. <laughs> Throw a shoe. Who throws a shoe? Um, but yeah, so please do jump in uh, on the on the on the vote. Thanks, Mike. We've got one vote for the NIV there. It's, I, I have chosen the NIV. Um, ah, there you go. I, I switched up from Mike my, wins <laughs> from my um, English Standard Version. We're, we're going the NIV, uh, and I'm going to start from the the top of the chapter. For it. So this is um, Matthew chapter five. Uh, I need, you need me to help you? Can I read a scripture first and we'll let Chris talk a little bit and then I'll help you. Now, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up to, on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and then he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and force, falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Thanks, Andrew. I'm and I'm glad we read from the NIV because the, um, the the votes that kept coming in, the NIV is still winning. Okay. Two votes to one for the others. I'll be back in one moment. Okay. We'll see you very shortly. This is very exciting. Um, well, I'll direct this question. So, Rob, if you can just keep me on that camera, I'll turn as if Andrew was still there and I'll ask him a question, and then hopefully by the time I'm done, he'll be back. Um, I feel like this is one of those passages. If you've been around the church for a while, maybe you have, maybe you haven't, um, but if you've been around churches for a while, you've probably heard um, the Beatitudes before, these, these kind of blessed are, for they will um, uh, scriptures before. Um, but you might not know quite what the context is for them. So, Andrew, I'm wondering if you can start, start out by just giving us a little bit of background to this passage. What is it we've just read? So, it's, it's really interesting. So, in, in the book of, of Matthew, we're, we're reading, and it's actually the first kind of big, like, so you, you kind of have this sequence of Jesus has been tempted in the desert. He goes and he, he recruits. Um, he gets some disciples. And then he starts preaching to large crowds. And this is the first kind of documented teaching that you get in Matthew. Um, the Beatitudes also exist in Luke, and they sit a little bit different contextually in Luke. So Luke, you get, um, he gets tempted, you kind of get the, he reads from the scripture in, um, a, in the, the temple, um, and he gets kind of rejected in Nazareth, and there's a bit more that goes on, and then you get to a very similar, kind of very parallel passage. But it's kind of Jesus' first and, and kind of, as you said, most significant 
um, and sermon. And so, interestingly, in, in Matthew, you don't have the kind of... Like Luke, I think it's really interesting that in Luke, you kind of get this preamble, you get him reading from Scripture, whereas in, in Matthew, this is it. This is kind of your introduction to Jesus and his ministry. And so, it's, it's a lot of Jesus laying out what he is about. It's his, it's his big stump speech, as it were, if you kind of borrow from the, the political thing. And so it's, it's, this is what the Beatitudes kind of are the, the start of. And it's a really interesting place to start. And we might get into that later. But yeah, it's a really... It, the, the Sermon on the Mount is Jesus um, sitting down and talking to his disciples. And so that's not just the 12. That's whoever turned up. So that turns out to be a large number. Yeah, that's something I've heard before is that Jesus was just t- teaching his disciples. But um, in doing a little bit more reading, what I learned, what you just said is that um, disciples there probably means um, all of his followers. Because uh, there's, you know, in Jesus' crew, there's kind of the three, he's in a circle, and then there's the 12, and then there's, you know, these these kind of concentric circles going out. And Well, especially because it's like the, 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 the passage that immediately is before this is, is talking about, G- in, in Matthew chapter 4, at the end of Matthew chapter 4, it's talking about him speaking to large crowds. Yeah, that's So right. in that context, like, yes, it's going to be his 12, but it's probably going to be more than that as well. So it's it's not just him talking to, to, to 12 dudes on a mm. top of a hill. So there's so the I think the important thing there is just to to if you're picturing this passage happening in your head, you're picturing Jesus on the side of a mountain with a huge crowd out in front of him. And um, the other miraculous thing I think about this is how I mean we're speaking to like maybe 25 people now in microphones. So I want to know how he managed to speak to a large crowd with just his voice. And this is where I should let you in all in on on a, something is I wanted to start this discussion with the irrelevant segment from Life of Brian, which kind of delves into we that. We very nearly did. <laughs> that difficulty in, in hearing. Um, and I, I think it is really interesting. I think that's yeah. the very interesting thing and probably culturally, contextually, what's really interesting for us is like this is the idea of someone sitting on a hill and, and talking to a bunch of people is kind of weird and the logistics of all of that is is hard, I guess. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would be hoarse. Yeah, it's interesting the way that they depict this in The Chosen because um, there's a lot of preparation that goes into this uh, sermon. You actually get to see a lot of that preparation happening and the way it's kind of laid out is, is very fascinating, but I digress. Um, so this passage we've just read, um, it's sometimes called the Beatitudes. Now, I haven't heard Beatitudes outside of these ones. So what is a Beatitude and where do I find one? Uh, well, beatitude is just like is the, the the blessedness or the blessings. It's 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 from a Latin word. I, this is I thought that would be your wheelhouse, Chris. Um, well, I, I had to ask so that everyone else would. Okay, good. But like it's the same. Like so, you have like I don't know. You might have the only other words that we really like. You have beautiful, which I'm guessing has a similar root. There's the one that does definitely have the same root is the beatification, which is like the first step towards becoming a saint. In the in the kind of Catholic tradition, I did not know that. Yeah, there you go. So that's tonight. like the first first step. I, um, and so it's all it's it's about blessedness and happiness, and you can kind of get that when you start reading through it. Um, I'm assuming I haven't looked it up because I should have, but I'm I'm assuming it that um, in the 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 Latin translation, the, the I forget how to pronounce that word, but the Latin the original the early Latin translation of the Bible, I'm assuming that um, there would be some beatitude. Beatus or whatever the correct conjugation of that verb in Latin would be. Um, 
uh, that that kind of is is your blessed are, and it would that would probably be where you get the, your your beatitude from. But yeah, it's yeah. not really. I know you can make the the fun joke of it's it's a beatitude, not a do attitude. Um, <laughs> And the, and the I shared... Have, I, I did come across that one more than once in yeah, my research. Yeah, good. I, <laughs> I, I'm not sure that that has great the, theological grounding. Yeah. Um, it's cute, though. Uh, I was going to say just before, what, what we omitted from this um, setup was we needed, like, a live back checker next to us who could yeah. ring a bell when we <laughs> that, get something wrong. That would be helpful. <laughs> I think Sam Torben will just yell out if we get something wrong. Is that the live chat? <laughs> yeah. How many heckles have I received? He has already heckled us once in the live chat. Good. So please do continue. Thanks, Sam. Um, yeah, but that's that's kind of what what these are. Is just this is a statement of of blessings. Um, so it's it's kind of interesting, especially when we come to read it. Mm. Um, I love that Teddy's notes are better than mine. They're probably more legible than mine as well. Um, but it's it's interesting to think about structurally as well. Like there's a whole bunch of you know, blessed are blank for blank. And um, and so it, it becomes a, a really interesting thing as we come to read it. Like, what's this about? Why why are these blessings here? And what does that mean? Well, let's let me jump in there because I've got a subheading for that. Okay. I don't want to miss out a chance to speak. So, um, so but but in all seriousness, so the the structure of the Beatitudes is something that really stands out when you read through it. And in coming to understand what we're dealing with with this passage. Um, the, the structure, it basically goes, blessed are the, mm, for they will, or they, mm. So can you tell us a bit about that, and how does that help us to understand the big picture, what's happening here? I think, I mean, the, the interesting thing is, you, again, if you think about Jesus' audience, and, and even if you think to what he's just done in, in Matthew's account, like, we'll, 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 leave, we'll leave Luke aside for the moment, but he's just recruited a bunch of people, and they are not necessarily the people that you would expect to to recruit. Like, if you were to um, to, to kind of decide, I'm going to create a movement. Um, you want, wanted someone to head up your movement. Um, I mean, the popular choice would be someone like Bono, um, if you're in the 90s. <laughs> but like, it's like you want someone prominent. You want someone big, and you, and you like, and you see, you have these these. That's that's kind of who you think of. And Jesus has just recruited. Um, some fishermen, a zealot. Like, he's, he's got a ragtag bunch of people that he's, he's kind of gone and, and, and picked up along the, the, the lake. That's good writing. That's lovely. Yeah, that's definitely more legible than mine. <laughs> um, it has some nose in there? Okay. Uh, but he... So he's, he's just picked these people, and they're, they're maybe not who you expect. And so Jesus is talking about all of these groups of people, and I think we look at those, and it helps us kind of understand where, what he's positioning. If, if we do go to Luke, the first thing, like the big thing that Jesus kind of announces himself on the scene is by reading from Isaiah. And he says, you know, the, Spirit of the, the, the Sovereign Lord is upon me to, to preach good news to the poor. Hey, that sounds familiar. And, and lists off a whole bunch of people that the kingdom is here for. He announces, like, we, it, we, we call it, like, in some places, like, this is Jesus announcing his ministry, what his ministry is about. And this, is, this kind of parallels it. And, and Jesus is outlining, hey, these are the people that I'm, I'm here for. Um, and you, it, it ties in nicely with the people he has got. And, this is, and he says, this is, here are the people, and, 
and this is what the kingdom is about for them. Like that's that's your parallel. It's like I'm here for the the the, the meek because they're going to inherit the earth, um, and I now need to refer to the scripture so I don't misquote it. Um, but you know, the, here are the the those who who. Hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Like there's, this is the what the this is who the kingdom is for. This is this is who my ministry is for, and this is what you're going to see. And so it's it's a really a prelude to his his ministry. And just to pick up on something you said there as well, that um, just just really clicked for me just then was, um, you know, contextually Jesus has just been calling his disciples, and here in this moment you have him describing the kind of people that the kingdom is for. And in some ways, the disciples that he's just called will be going, oh, maybe this is why he picked me. You do wonder that. I yeah. Think, I think the really confronting thing for us, perhaps, like I, I always find the Beatitudes a really interesting piece of scripture to read because the when, you, when you've grown up very um, middle-class, white-bred, you know, relatively well off. I read these things and I was like, if this is who Jesus is, this is either kind of irrelevant to me or it's confronting to me, um, depending on, on how you feel like reading it. And, and that's, like, and I hope it's confronting because um, it, 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 that's probably best because I, I, I don't like to think of any, any scripture really being irrelevant to me. Mm. But sitting where we sit um, in the middle of, of you know, Sydney, Living on on the north shore of Sydney, it's like actually this 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 deserves some reading. If this is what the kingdom is about, this this deserves us to look at and kind of get into. Mm. Something I was we were chatting about this afternoon, um, and I was chatting with Sam about uh, just the other day, is that if you, if we go back to our, like put ourselves at the scene of the Beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount, we've got Jesus addressing. Um, his disciples and the followers he's called, but also crowds of people who would come to be healed, who were presumably would fit into the description uh, that we've just read really well. But then on top of that, we have these religious leaders, Pharisees, um, leaders um, of their community who are kind of there to suss Jesus out. And, you know, if you read Deuteronomy 28, it describes blessing um, with regards to the law. And it says that you know, if you follow these words and commands of mine, then it will go well for you materially. And if you don't follow these commands, it will go poorly. And so Jesus is speaking to a society that's built on this idea that, um, you know, the wealthy and the powerful and the successful, uh, the leaders, they're blessed. And the, the people who are on the street, the people who are sick and poor and dying, they're not blessed. And, that, and Jesus is really confronting that here, isn't he? And you can just imagine like the shock um, as he gets up and addresses, you can imagine, you know, the, the Pharisees would be looking at each other going, really? They're blessed? I don't think so. I think there's a really, I mean, this is mm. kind of setting us up. We, yeah, we are, I'm kind we of are, stealing your thunder from well, a bit later there, aren't well, I? Sorry. Well, it's, it's fine. This is, this is why this is a discussion. We can go wherever we want to. But mm. like, it's... As long as it follows the notes. <laughs> well, we're already... <laughs> Otherwise, we're already I'm in trouble. Track. <laughs> um, but like, we, we have this... Um, this idea of, of blessed and blessing, I think, already already there. And I, the the question is like, okay, if you're listening to this, it's like, okay, so there's all of these different things and there's a temptation maybe to teach out of this and say, well, that means you should be... Um, it like, it, it, well, let, let's see. Does, does it mean that you should be more meek? You shouldn't be proud and you shouldn't be, um, you know, all... So, so you're looking for this? 
you shouldn't be so kind of um, brash and 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 that. And it's like, well, maybe should you give all your all of your wealth to the poor because it's the poor who are going to inherit the earth? I'm like, well, maybe. And so, with the, that logic, it just shifts the problem to someone else. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, there's there's lots of and and so it's like, what is this actually about for us? Um, is it is it just saying to those people, these groups, oh, don't worry, it'll it'll work itself out in the end? Um, sort of, not really. Like it's maybe getting closer, but I think that it. it I mean, it's it, not not saying that. It's not not saying that, and it's not not saying any of those things actually. But <laughs> yeah. to 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 singularly um, for it to be any one of those things on its own, I think sells it short. Hmm. Um, I think we have to look deeper. I think we will look deeper if we're going to follow the notes. Yeah, well. <laughs> um, so, let, okay, let's talk about blessing and let's kind of really go for it. Um, it's one of those, I, I mean, I feel like blessing, it's one of those words like love where it just, it can mean so many different things. And it's not that any of them are wrong, but it's just, you know, when you talk about the love of God, it's quite hard to quite grasp what that means because the word is so loose. And in the same way, I think we run into a bit of the same problem with this word blessing or blessed. Um, so what do you think, when we, when we talk about blessing on a, you know, on a typical Wednesday, what do we, what do we mean um, and how does that compare to what Jesus probably means here? Mm. Well, I mean... There is the million-dollar question. Yeah, there is. There's the big question. And, and I think... I, this is why blessing is such a a thing for me is it's easy for us to kind of slew into these weird places when we talk about blessing. I think some in some ways we need to relearn what blessing is and 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 what how we think about it because like there's like I don't know there's this you know hashtag blessed um, but like and it's interesting it's because it's become because it's such a um such a pop culture thing like the beatitudes like every like Life of Brian wasn't too far off in, in its kind of caricature of, of how it treated, like, you know, blessed are the cheesemakers. I was like, what does that even mean? Um, and, 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 and how do we actually deal with, like, what does that, how does that change anything? But, like, what does blessing actually mean? Because I, I think sometimes we can use this idea of blessing, especially when we think about it from a material point of view, to kind of... Um, to launder to an extent um, wealth and power and, and kind of things that we have somehow ended up in. But that somehow is, is sometimes on the back of like very non-kingdom systems and, and not that we've set them up ourselves, but that we have benefited from them. Um, and so that there's, there's a certain extent is like we don't have to we don't have to care about how, how we came into this wealth or into this system because we have been blessed. And that's okay, and that's, uh, we've laundered it, and it's fine. But I think we have to really look at what does it actually mean um, when we say that. Um, because Jesus is, is saying that, you know, blessed are the poor. Um, and if we're thinking from a material sense, is where we don't see, we don't see that. And yes, the poor will be blessed. And, and is that kind of those three tenses of the, the poor are blessed, they will be blessed, and they are being blessed, and, and, and that kind of now but not yet sense. But there is still a very real sense in, like, the poor don't see that right now. Yeah, and so if, if Jesus is saying, you know, blessed are the poor in spirit or blessed are the meek or those who have been persecuted for righteousness, then 
uh, if blessing just means like material things or it will go well for you, then, then I mean, that doesn't really make sense in this, this context, does it? Yeah, and, and it's like this, there's later, you know, the, the, it's, it's one of those classic kind of misquoted and, and sometimes abused pieces of scripture. Like the, the, even like the, you know, when Jesus later on says the, the, the poor will always be with you, like that's also used to launder the, ignoring the poor. And so we have to be very careful about how we approach that. But I think there's, if we can get into it, and if we think about it again in that context of this is, the, this, is a, this is a proclamation of the kingdom and what the kingdom is about, that gives us a much better understanding of blessing. So, like, it's a similar thing to peace. I think you said, like, love is one of those amorphous words. I think peace is a similar one of those amorphous words. Like, peace isn't just the absence of conflict. It is, especially in the Jewish tradition, like wholeness, completeness, ful- fulfilledness. And I would treat blessing in this context as very much the same thing, that blessing is not, um, is not about um, just the absence of, of unblessing. Like, if, if you think about the poor, they, are, they are, would be the unblessed, or the meek is the unproud, the unhaughty, the, the, the whatever. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness are those people who haven't seen righteousness. Um, it's not just the absence of those things, but it's the completeness, the fullness um, that is the kingdom. And it's, I think it's also relational here, isn't it? Because it's Jesus saying, like, I'm here for you. Like, you know, it's, it's God's very presence and it's, it's him saying, I'm, Jesus saying, I'm here for people like you. Yeah. And you can imagine that the people who just can't, you know, a lot of people would have just come because they needed healing. They wouldn't really know what Jesus came to teach, but they, they would be hearing Jesus say, I care about you. And, and so that for us becomes mm. a bit of a call and a bit of a, like, it's, it's actually a great way of, of sense-checking what we're doing and what we care about and what, what God is here to bless. Yeah, that's it. So, I mean, looking, looking from there, and you've touched on this a little bit already, but um, one of the questions that comes up for me is, okay, well, if Jesus is standing in a group of people who are poor, desperate, and needy, and he's saying you're blessed, then is that, is that blessing something that's for them now, or is that something that's primarily for them in the future? Can you just unpack that one a little bit more? Yeah, I mean, because I think the classic answer, like when you think about this, it, it would be like you go, well, yes, it's, it's for heaven, it's for later, it's for when, when we die or when we're raptured, although let's not get into the rapture. Um, but it's, uh, but it, it's, for, it's, for, it's that, it's that kind of... We can do a series on that later. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's that kind of uh, end times kind of thing that it will be all it'll be all right in the end. Do you want to say hello? Hello. Good. Um, it'll be all right in the end, kind of kind of thing. Um, when you know it'll be okay in heaven, and, and then that that kind of comes to the crux of things because if you say if you're saying that the meek will inherit the earth, but it's going to happen in heaven. Um, then something's broken. We've we've missed a we've missed a step. Yeah, the maker getting left behind. The maker. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Ooh, where's the heresy bell? We, we kind of half agree that we weren't going to joke about that. But anyway, <laughs> let's move on. Um, but um, I think that's the. But it is important to think about. Okay, when when is this happening? Is is really? Uh, but also, where is this happening? Here on earth, or is this happening in in heaven? And and it. it 
So everything comes back to how it all ends. And, and so the very, the, the, there are lots of people who would have different theologies on that. And the, the, the kind of the, the vineyard or the kingdom argument would be like the, Jesus, is inaugur- Jesus is what we call an inaugurating eschatology. He is bringing, he is starting the end. Um, at this point, like the, the classic point where you point to it is that Luke where he reads from the scripture. But here is a great point to say. It. It's like, he's like, this is what he's talking about. He's, he's saying, this is the kingdom. The kingdom is near. The kingdom is here and now. And the kingdom is coming. Um, and it's, it's that kind of tension of tenses of yes, both would be, be what I, I'm saying. It's like, when the kingdom is present, this is what you should see, is, is kind of what Jesus is saying. It's like, these are, the, these are the people you should see around the kingdom, and this is what you should see happening. Is you should see that um, that the, the meek are inheriting the earth, that it, and and that you know Jesus is that kind of archetypal meekness, um, and you know those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, you will be filled. Is that that is if you're seeing the the those who th- hunger and thirst for righteousness, and and righteousness not in the kind of piety purity sort of sense, but in like the the world made right kind of the, the world made as, as what God intended, that, that kind of righteousness. If you're seeing that, you're seeing the kingdom come. And so if we, if we go now, so, you know, we talk about the now but not yet. We talk about that, that kind of tension. It's a similar tension. That would that'd be my argument. And, and it's probably worth um, talking about. The, part of the reason that I wanted to have a discussion is, like, some of this is kind of in flight for me as well. So, so please take... Um, grain of salt with all of this, but this, that would be my argument, it would be it's, it's, it's now and it's not yet and it's coming and it's here and all of those fun tensions. So using the language of heaven and going back to that language, what we're saying is that in, in the kingdom theology or in the vineyard theology, heaven is not some distant reality that happens when we die or when Jesus comes back. Heaven is actually a, a, a state of being, a state of the world that's coming now that Jesus began and and with this language of the now and the not yet, sometimes we see it in extraordinary ways and sometimes we don't see it in heartbreaking ways. But the idea is, uh, and, and I, I follow this theologian on Instagram uh, called David Bennett. He's very good. He's very good at social media. Um, yeah, I went to school I, with him, actually, which is I don't think fun I don't fact, think but. 10 years ago when Instagram was first coming onto the scene, I would have imagined someone saying, I follow this theologian on Instagram. Yeah. Well, he's, he's, I went to school with him. He's only a year older than me. So, and he's very good at social media. But um, he posted this thing uh, this week saying, the kingdom breaks in at the, at the e- edges, at the outskirts. Um, and I think what, what we can, uh, you know, reading this passage, it really helped me um, bring that, this idea into the focus that when Jesus is saying, these people, these kinds of people are blessed, he's saying, if you want to see the kingdom breaking out, Look at the margins of society. Look at what God is doing with the people who were desperate for him. And when, when you're poor in spirit, when you're meek, um, you know, when you're desperate to be filled with, with uh, righteousness, that's, God can work with that. And, and that's where we see the kingdom breaking in. And you think about the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who are standing and scoffing at what they're hearing. Um, you know, Jesus is effectively saying, it's, you know what, like, I love you too, but it's going to be very hard for the kingdom to break out if you think you already have it all. 
Well, and I think, I mean, Mm. another one of my hobby horses is, like, the Pharisees. I think it's really easy to paint them as, like, the pantomime villain here. Mm. Um, I I think, I don't know, Sunday School has has helped us with that. But but they're not not this pantomime villain. They're actually really concerned with righteousness. Just their their idea of what is righteous and what is complete has been distorted and, and kind of... You, you have this law around the law, which has become the the thing that they're they're, they're pushing for, and, and it has it has created its own unjust system. And so um, you have poverty, which is in some places because of this system that has been set up, which is designed to fulfil the law, which it can't. Jesus fulfils the law, and so um, I I. I, I I, I hesitate to poke too much fun at the Pharisees or, or to kind of point point them out too much because I think that they were they were longing for these things, but they were they kind of went down the wrong path. Yeah, and I think them. the good thing is I appreciate that little moment of correction. Um, <laughs> and it's what's good is um, Sam is going to be speaking next week, um, and he's going to cover that a little bit. I think. Yep, you're going to cover that a little bit, Sam. Yeah, probably. You are we had now. a great chat about this the other day. Um, look, just uh, consciously of time. Um, one last question before we move to a bit of a uh, a kind of reflective exercise that we'll do together. Um, why do you... so? And, and I guess this is looking forward towards the series a little bit because we're going to be going through the Sermon on the Mount. And this is Jesus' opening statement, right? Like, this is where he starts. And this, in so many ways, sets up everything that we're going to be talking about over the next 10 weeks. Why do you think Jesus opens his, like, most epic sermon uh, with this passage? Um, hmm. See, you you had this question in the notes, and I didn't really. I don't. I don't actually have a really good answer for it. But I think it is. It is something in the setting up, because this this whole Sermon on the Mount is really. It's about the kingdom. It's about setting up the kingdom, and so often, um, if you think about the opening act of a show, like it's it's about setting up your characters, and I think Jesus does that here. He's saying these are the people. I, like, I mean, it, it comes back to that. Like, it, it's really setting up and saying these are the. This is what this is for. In Luke, you kind of had the advantage of like that that quote from Isaiah, but it's this is what this is about, and this is what the you know Jesus like. You, you like the passage, the the bit where he says, "I, I came to for, uh, didn't come to." You, you say it because I'm something the law, not not. For yeah, me. it's actually um, just a few verses later where he says, "I didn't come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it." Yeah, and yeah. I think I mean that's that's the crux. That's what of it. Sam's preaching on next week. That that's the crux of it. But it's all. But it's this is and this is the fulfillment of the law. This is what the law is is about, and this is um, putting right to an extent a lot of what has. I can, if you think about Jesus, Jesus is all about restoring and, and restoration. And this is such a big restorational work. And if you, if, you, if you start a restoration, you don't start on, like, the little bits. You start on the big broken bits. You know, Jesus says elsewhere, like, I, 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 the, you know, you send a doctor for the sick, not, not those who are well. And so that's where Jesus sets up. Um, I, that would be my argument is why he sets it up. It's like, this is, this is what this is about. This is what the kingdom is about. Mm. Um, because, he, you know, he goes through a whole bunch of things and, and kind of flips things on their head, but he starts with flipping the cast and characters of saying, these are the people. Um, and I'm very conscious, again, of, of saying that as someone who is like, 
I don't feel like I necessarily fit into this cast and characters a lot of the time, and that's confronting. Um, but this is the cast and characters. These are the people that, that Jesus was... Um, not the only people that he was there for, but he wanted to highlight them, and there's a very good reason for that. Yeah, that's good. And so, I mean, to put that another way, I mean, he's making it very concrete and very real, and he's saying, in this new kingdom, in this new way the world is going to work, the blessing is not on the people who have all of the wealth and all of the success and all the power. Uh, the blessing is going to those who, who are desperate, to those who are poor in spirit to those who are mourning um, the kingdom is going to break in for you and so and it makes it concrete it's not just this isn't conceptual it's saying if you are mourning then god god's kingdom is breaking in in you and well i mean mm. and and um nt wright puts it really interestingly i know i don't know if we're allowed to do a sermon without mentioning good old tom um, but he, he, he describes it as, as, he does a translation, I don't know if it's his one that he's published, but he, he has in, um, in his book, uh, Matthew for Everyone. Yeah, uh, he, I've got a he, copy of his translation on my bedside table at the moment, it's good. Could you tell me what he says for this one? Uh, I can't remember. It's, it's on your bedside head. table? Um, <laughs> I'll go and grab it, I'll be back in a moment, guys. No, but in his, in his book, Matthew for Everyone, he, he translates it as, um, wonderful news for the poor, wonderful news for those who mourn and like I think there's there's an argument that's maybe not quite right but I also really like that and like this is um this is good news because good news for the poor like this is the gospel this is what Jesus is about and what Jesus is announcing is this new kingdom where things are flipped on its head and 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 there is great news for the poor now the the colliery of that is that poverty generally comes from someone being rich and someone being poor. It's the difference between the two. And so that might not be great news for the rich. In fact, in Luke, he, he kind of spells it out. Yeah, well, I mean, you think about the rich young ruler where Jesus says it's easier for um, a, a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for the rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. And in some ways, that's, that's the flip side of the Beatitudes, isn't it? So there's a, there's a, Thanks, bit, of, Sam, there's a bit of both. The other day. <laughs> um, but there's, there's a lot of... There, it is good news it is, and it is... Um, and we, we need to discover that and we need to find out how that, that fits. And I know I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of bring us into land a little bit because I'm, I'm watching the clock and going. <laughs> but, like, if we think about it and, and we, we want to put ourselves in this passage and go, okay, well, what, what on earth does this mean to us? Because we've kind of waxed lyrical for half an hour about this passage and stuff. And what on earth does that actually mean when the rubber hits the road? Because... Um, I don't and nicely leading into our discussion exercise we're about to do. Yeah. I don't I don't always feel like I'm I'm part of this cast or, or characters. Um uh, and and the that might be so and sometimes for me that that's that's what I feel but um this is not a a behavioral thing. Like I think as as we said like it is yeah we you, Jesus is speaking, and, and he, he speaks quite directly. It says, like, if you're rich, this is going to be hard for you. If, if um, you're proud, and, and this is going to be this is going to be hard for you. Like, so there is a little behaviour in there. You, you should um, hunger and thirst for righteousness. Those are all good things, um, but it's also um, it is in the bringing of this these things of like we get to participate in the kingdom, and that is the good news for all of us, is that we get to participate in the kingdom and, and not from a place of, oh, we've got it all sorted out, 
but that everyone gets to participate in that kingdom. The, the poor get to participate in the kingdom. The, the meek get to, you know, they get to inherit the earth. The, um, those who are persecuted are, are part of the inbreaking of the kingdom, but also those who are comforting get to be, are participating in the kingdom. Those who are bringing justice and righteousness are participating in the kingdom. And that, that is where it gets really real for us and where we can come back to this passage. And maybe before we do the, the practical exercise, we might read through the passage again. And maybe if you listen again um, with that in mind, it might come to life um, in a different way. Um, so before we do the practical exercise, can I pray for us? Read through the scripture and then... I'm... And then I'll explain it. Yeah. Cool. That sounds great. It's really weird um, doing a, a talk or a, a thing and, and having YouTube open in your phone as a kind of legitimate thing, but um, now the Bible is open. So blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. God, would you come and speak these words to us anew? Would you announce the kingdom in our hearts? and in our lives. God, when we feel like we're poor in spirit, when we mourn, when we hunger and thirst for righteousness, would you remind us of the truth of your kingdom, of the blessing of your kingdom? And God, when we see, when we see these things and these people in our world, would you... Would you prompt our hearts? Would you extend again that invitation to participate in your kingdom? God, thank you for your blessing. Thank you for your, your filling, your completeness. Would you speak to our hearts tonight? Would you open, eye, open our eyes to the work that you are doing, to the ways that, you, that your kingdom is breaking in even now? God, thank you that we are not waiting for something far off, that your kingdom is here and now and it is coming ever more in its fullness. God, thank you that you are a good God and that you want to lavish your blessing.